So uh, wisdom is one of those things of which you can never get enough of. Amen? Yeah. yeah. How many of you know you need some wisdom today? Huh? Yeah. All right. Get in here. And the more we utilize it in our daily lives, the more blessing, the more peace, the more righteousness that we're going to experience. If you live with a lack of wisdom, and haven't all of us had pain and disorder and problems in our own lives, we want to blame everybody else, but really it's a lack of wisdom on our part of decisions that we have made, followed by actions resulting from those decisions. So we've all experienced pain that comes in life as a result of a lack of wisdom. Okay, so let's read what he says about it. As we come into verse 13, James chapter 3. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Amen. Once again, James is telling believers. You need to really understand this is for everybody, but particularly this was first of all written to those who were Christians, those who were believers. Most of them were of a Jewish background, so they knew the Old Testament, they knew the scriptures, they had read Proverbs all of their lives. So he's going to tell them though in this too, it's time to grow up and not just be religious, but grow up and have a true life of a relationship with God. So here's another principle that if you grasp this, you'll never, ever be the same. I'm just going to challenge you, and I'm just going to tell you right now, if you grasp this, your life will not be the same. It will be better. If you're seeing bad results in life, and who hasn't? And a lot of times, a lot of things going wrong, a lot of bad things happening, a lot of consequences coming due. We're reaping what we're sown. Instead of blaming everybody else, we've got to take ownership. And here's the thing. Here's the great thing. Here's the thing about grace. Is that you find yourself going down the wrong road here all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit really helps you see that I'm traveling the wrong path on this. You know what you need to do like I did the other day going somewhere? I missed the turn off. And now, I'm on the wrong road. Because it's not going to get me where I need to go. But up ahead, guess what I see? I see an exit. And I can take the exit, cross over the top, and get back on the right road to get where I need to go. So you feel like you're going the wrong road? Maybe this is the day that you need to get off at the exit. Let the Holy Spirit help you cross over and get right back on God's road and God's path. And that can happen today. Because, you know what, we all know a lot of good stuff. We know a lot of things we know what to do. I hear people talk about other people say, well they, well, they know their Bible. They know their Bible. Do you really? Or what does that mean? 
because we know a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. We just don't do it. And there was silence. <laughs> Amen to myself. Amen. <laughs> Knowledge is good. I mean, you can't do what you don't know. Here's what I'm even deeper. You can't know what you don't know. Okay, let's move on. It's not enough just to have information. It's not enough just to have the facts. You need to understand the information that you have. And even after you make sense of the information that you have, you must have proper wisdom in order to use it and apply it correctly. Knowledge and understanding will enable you to take things apart. Wisdom is what enables you to put them together so that it works. Now, I like to play mechanic, but I can take things apart. It's just the putting them back together where it works. You know, uh, either parts left over or I'm missing parts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I want to be able to put life together so that it works and that it relates to God's truth. Now, as I said, Proverbs is a whole book of, of wisdom. And those of you who have a pretty good group doing the Bible recap together, and we're reading through the Bible chronologically kind of as a big group, and I've enjoyed that so much. It's amazing. We're reading through Proverbs right now. Yeah, this week. And so it's just like, whoosh, a lot of this. Lord's like, could I be any clearer? You need to hone. I didn't plan that, man. It's just like we need to hone in on this. And it's overwhelming. But uh, like I said, it's just like so much like, uh, drowning in it. And we're just going to pull a few thoughts from Proverbs, so you need to go back and keep studying it. Or this message could become at least a 10 or 20 part series. You do understand that. That's how alive the Word of God is. So I'm just going to try to give a little piece of it today. But I think James realized that most of his readers had read Proverbs, just like many of you have. You know it. You know about wisdom. The question he's asking me and you, do we have it? You know it, but do you have it? And he's going to tell us what real wisdom looks like. Like real faith. Remember when we talked about that a few weeks ago? What real faith looks like? He's going to tell us what real wisdom looks like. Otherwise, it's all just talk. Amen? All right, so we're going to see, first of all, the concept of wisdom. Are you following me now? Here we go. The concept of wisdom. He continues his his thought flow from previous verses. Now, we took a week off last week from James, but think back uh, because he had had some teaching, really honing in on those who are teachers, but it includes everybody, about the problem of controlling the tongue, right? Uh, and um, by the way, not dealing with the problem of the tongue and what we say shows a real lack of wisdom, and he goes right into talking about wisdom. The teaching on the Taming your tongue followed up on his teaching on what real faith is versus a said faith. You know, it's like he said, you say you have faith. I will show you my what? My faith. So it wasn't about faith and works. It was about real faith. But real faith has got something to show. Otherwise, it's just talk. You say you have it. But there's nothing going on anywhere around your life that gives evidence of it except your mouth. So you see how all this really, James kind of jumps from one thing to another. But like myself, it really does connect in some way. You just got to figure it out. So here we're going to set down on wisdom for a while. Uh, he's implying here, I feel like, 
in verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? It kind of seems like he's saying that there's people that maybe they were some of the teachers. Maybe they just there's a lot of contention going on in these churches. And it's like somebody's talking about, boasting about, and going on about they got, they got it. Man, I'm, I'm wise. I'm, I'm the one you need to listen to type thing. Who is wise and understanding? All right. Then he goes on to say it could be just all talk because real wisdom is measured by what comes out of your life. That's what he says. He goes, if you've got who's wise and understanding among you, well, here's the deal. By his or her good conduct, let him show his works. How? In the meekness of wisdom. So if you got it, you're talking it, there's going to be something to show, just like with faith. Are you following us here? Yeah. If you got it, something's going to come out of it. If you have faith, if you have wisdom, something's going to come out of it. Real wisdom is measured by what you do. Now, if we can just grasp this, Lord, help us. It'll save us so much pain in life if we can just grasp this, all of us. Wisdom is this, is effectively applying God's truth to everyday circumstances. God's truth, your everyday circumstances, effectively applying. It's all about us understanding he's showing us how to live in his World, Maybe I should say his universe. Because that's what this wisdom does. It recognizes God is the author. He is the creator. He is the owner of everything. It's all his. He's the designer. He knows how it works. It amazes me. How many people want to call themselves Christians but ignore what the scriptures say? We think we know better how we're going to do things. But real wisdom in the meekness that has humility built in, that we bow before him. There's a meekness there that says, Lord, I am not in charge. You know, that was the whole thing with Adam and Eve. The enemy got them thinking that there was something that God was holding back that they could get from themselves and know better than God. When we try to do things on our own, that's just what we're doing. But true wisdom recognizes, humbles itself. There's meekness there that God created, God designed, God orders everything. I want to bring my life in line with how God says to live in his world. I don't know why I'm yelling at you, but I am. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to get it across to myself too. So his moral universe. So you can say, I don't believe this. I don't believe that. I can do. I'm a free person. I do what I want. You're going to have consequences if what you're doing is unwise. Because it's God's world. It's God's universe. He's fixed how it works. None of us get an exception. That's why it says, let's go to Proverbs. This was in today's reading, I believe. Was it not? It was. Yeah. It's in today's reading. If you're doing the read through the Bible in a year chronologically with us. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That's what real understanding is. You don't really understand much if you don't know Him, right? And understand Him and fear. Now, the fear of the Lord here, He's not talking about just some type of anxiety or anxiousness of, of what's a God going to do, you know? It's talking about the word fear is better translated like an awe and a reverence uh, of him, where we're just, we're just so in respect and in awe of him. So that has to do with our humbling ourselves before him. Now, as you go through this, you're going to see that he contrasts two types of wisdom in this teaching, right? That there is heavenly wisdom 
and then there's God's wisdom, okay? Following that? Got it. Okay, good. Human wisdom that comes from below seeks to promote and protect, protect self. Are you with me? Human wisdom is all about me. It's all about selfish ambition. And it leads to all kinds of dissension, misery, and destruction. God's wisdom, on the other hand, when it's applied to your life, there's that. Got to show it. If it's applied to your life, it leads to peace, joy, and righteousness. Wisdom is the vehicle that God wants to use. Get this. I got this from Tony Evans, so you know it's good. (laughs) Wisdom is God's vehicle that he wants to use to get you through and to the destination called a successful life. You're not going to have a successful life here without it. This is what he wants to use to help you have it. If you don't have it, maybe because we're not applying this. Right? We can talk about how unfair God is, how unfair everything else is. And even when you have this, when bad things happen to you, like did Job and others in the Bible, you are able to process it differently than other people. God help us. We need this. Now, a lot of times I'm kind of like, instead of putting in the work to grow and build it, I'm just like praying for wisdom. I just want God to infuse it to me in the heat of the moment, at the moment, I, you know, at the, at the spur of the moment. That's not how it happens. He's not going to just give you the wisdom at the spur of the moment. God wants us to acquire it from him as a way of life. Get that? So if we're not in the word and we're not seeking him and applying it, don't think when you get in a crisis, he's just going to pop into your mind, into your heart, the knowledge and the ability to do the wise thing. It has to be a way of life, okay? We're to, we're, we don't even think about it. We want to do things our own way. And then when crisis come, then we want God to just bail us out. Uh, and sometimes he does. But that's not the way this wisdom works. And that's what James wants us to know. So there's three things that I note. If, if you let me do this, that, that, that jumps out at scriptures as you read in here and as you read, especially in Proverbs. Three things that jump out, and they are knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. You hear those themes repeated. And as you're reading through Proverbs, those of you who are, you're going to keep seeing those three, knowledge and, and understanding and uh, wisdom. And so let's kind of break this down a little bit, okay, if you're ready. Uh, so we need knowledge, right? You got to start there. And knowledge involves what? Getting the right body of information. The right body of information is God's truth. You have to have, if you've got false information, everything else goes bad from this point on. You've got to have the right information. So that is very important. And as part of what we're trying to do right now is give the correct information from God. Now, just because you have information, though, have information doesn't mean that you have wisdom. I mean, you can get information and, and, you know, you can go to college, right? And you can learn and you can even get degrees that say you have this much knowledge that you've been tested on and you actually have it. But that doesn't mean you have any wisdom. I mean, you can get yourself all educated, but you might just be an educated fool. So knowledge is about the right body of information. That's where we start, but that's not where we stop. Then understanding. Now, understanding involves taking all of that information and, it, and making sense of it. Do you understand what this is about? 
You might be able to have the head knowledge and pass the test, but do you really understand what it's about? But then wisdom comes in, and wisdom is where you have the facts or the information, and you understand them, make sense of them, but you also know what to do with them. What to do with them. It's about what you do. That's why he says if you really have it, then it's going to show, as he says in that verse, through your good conduct by works done in the meekness of wisdom. Example would be money. A lot of us know one thing. We do know something. We know we need more money, right? I know I need more money because I've got bills I need to pay, and I'm having to pay interest. If I could pay those off, I could save even more, right? You know that. And I understand how I should do it. But then if God blesses you and you get to more money, do you actually do what you know and understand you're supposed to do. You, you, you get more money. Are you able to pay off those bills and give back in act of worship to God who gives you everything? Will you really do that? Or will you just kind of go and blow it and, or, or, or get in deeper than what you already are? <clears throat> so there's a good illustration right there. By the way, wisdom says this. Why don't you start with what you already have and use it more wisely? So then if God gives you extra, you'll be ready. Okay, I'm getting on my own toes here. Let's, let's get back over here, okay? It's getting, it's getting hot in here. Woo! I did turn the air down, Cheryl. I did. But it's getting hot. Remember when you're praying for a blessing and for wisdom, when you're praying that? Remember this. God doesn't want to see us misuse his blessings. Okay. Wisdom. Wisdom is, listen to this, the path to experiencing God's will because it is the application of God's word to practical issues of life. It's the path. It's that vehicle. It's the path to experiencing God's will. I just want to follow God's will. I want to know God's will. Wisdom is the path because it is the application of God's word, God's truth to practical everyday issues of life. That go on all through the week, every day. Then we will see God's will worked out in us as he sovereignly works all things for the good, even things we don't understand. (laughs) And right before Paul talks about being filled with the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit means you're controlled by the Spirit. Because he says, don't be like intoxicated, be filled with the Spirit. When you're intoxicated or high, you're under the influence of whatever substance, right? When you're filled with the Spirit, you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's what that is all about. Before he talks about and commands us to be filled with the Spirit, listen to the two verses before that. In Ephesians 5, 15, 16, and 17. He says, look carefully then how you walk. How you walk means how you live. Not as unwise, but as what? There's our word, wise, has to do with wisdom, wisdom. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. Time is not on your side. Therefore, do not be foolish, that's the opposite of being wise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That whole thing about wisdom involves and being led by the Spirit involves 
understanding and actually doing the will of the Lord. Uh, this is what he's leading to here. Now, here's the thing. God wants to reveal his direction in your life in, in, in every detail, all right? But a lot of God's general will is already revealed right here. Agreed? We know a lot. There's a lot of decisions that you might want to make in life that really you don't have to even wonder about because it's spelled out. But then there are other personal decisions that you have to pray for wisdom. You know, it can be anything from do I take this different job? Do I marry that person? Do I? A lot of things, okay? But here's what God convicts me. Why should God lead me in his unrevealed will when I'm not doing such a very good job of following his revealed will? I mean, if he's already revealed it, and I'm not following it, why should he show me more about specifics? All right, so there's the concept. Let's contrast this. We've got to get moving here. Contrast, because that's what he does. He contrasts two types of wisdom in this teaching. True wisdom that comes from above and false wisdom that comes from below. In other words, there is a heavenly wisdom that comes from God, and there's a human version that does not come from God. So when we're talking about wisdom, we need to understand all this is on the table here. You might be talking about the wrong kind of wisdom, and that's what he wants them to understand. Some of y'all might have wisdom, but it might not be the right kind of wisdom. Whatever does not come from God is destined to fail, no matter how successful it might seem to be right now. So the origin of human wisdom, the origin of human wisdom, he talks about that. All right, follow this. Proverbs again, Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. It just seems so right. It just feels so right. How could it be so wrong when it just seems and feels so right? Well, he said, that's just the way it is. Seems right, feels right, but... It ends in death. Now, verse 15, he says, this wisdom is not the wisdom that comes down from above. So that implies that it comes from below. All right? So the origin of human wisdom is it does not come from above. That means it comes from below. That's pretty easy. Let's move on. He says, it is earthly, unspiritual, Demonic. Earthly. It's of this world. This world's system and logic. World without God, that is. And it is unspiritual. Um, That word could be translated natural, sensual, or of the senses, not of the spirit. Um... And then demonic, that means the devil's behind it. The devil's in there injecting things in your mind. Did you know that Bible talks about us having three enemies? The world, the flesh, and the devil. Do you see how this squarely lines up with that? The world, earthly, the flesh, unspiritual, of the flesh, and the devil. So all of that kind of wisdom comes from that which is really against us in this life, in this world. By the way, don't confuse the world's knowledge with the world's wisdom. See, the world's wisdom, he tells us, focuses on, number one, self-promotion and pleasure. It puts feelings over faith. It puts self and emotion 
over God and his revelation. Say that again. It puts self and my feelings over God and what he has revealed in his word. Over a century ago, Henry David Thoreau warned that we had, in all of our knowledge we're accumulating, quote, improved means to an unimproved ends. To unimproved ends. The more we're learning and the more technology we have, guess what? We might solve this problem. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad we do not have to get out there with a wash tub, water heated up with a fire, with a scrub board, and put clothes through the ringer and hang them on the line. Just I got some witness on that. So the technology just in washing clothes is, is great. I'm glad that we don't have to go out in the cold wintertime to the little house out back, you know, if you didn't have a bath but you have a path, to the outhouse to take care of business that we all have. I'm glad we don't have to do that. So, yeah, technology and knowledge, the world is clear. Come on. I'm sorry. I don't know why I went there. But anyway, technology and the things we have are good. But it seems like with the more knowledge and the more inventions and the more technology, we just create actually more and more problems for all of us. Do we not? That's what they were saying about that. The world, by its wisdom, doesn't know God. Now, I'm going to throw some verses at you. Ready? You're going to catch them. They're in your notes. Here they come. The world, in its own wisdom, worldly wisdom, can't know God. He says, 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the word of the cross, that's the gospel, is folly, that means foolishness, to those who are perishing. They're headed to destruction. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. But the world doesn't get it, all right? Keep moving. Human wisdom is foolishness to God. God says all the wisdom of all the accumulated stuff, you guys think you're all so big, so good, figuring out out all this stuff? Here's what God says, 1 Corinthians 1.19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. See, they're calling themselves wise and discerning. God says, I'm going to show them what they really are. Verse 20, where is the one who is wise? Where's the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And it's all going to come out, folks. By the way, he says, human wisdom will end up coming to nothing. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. Another thing is God's wisdom seems like the real wisdom to humans operating on human wisdom. They think God's wisdom is foolishness. We've already seen that. Let's get another verse on it. 1 Corinthians 2.14, where he says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are folly or foolishness to him. And he is, get this, not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. It's like until you come to Christ, you can't really get this. By the way, natural man is the same word, same Greek word that's translated unspiritual in verse 15 of our text. It's unspiritual, it's sensual, it's natural. Same word. But the natural man who's operating in natural, fleshly wisdom, worldly wisdom, they can't get it. They don't see it. Man's wisdom comes from human reasoning. God's wisdom comes from divine revelation. It comes from him, from God himself. Because the world has turned from God, it has lost real wisdom. Every increase in mankind's knowledge only magnifies mankind's problems. 
They're not going to solve it. All right, so there's the origin of human wisdom. Quickly now, origin of true wisdom. He tells us about this. He tells us, but the, verse 17, the wisdom from above, that's true wisdom. It's from above. That, what's he implying there? It's from God. He's always above, right? We need to have our minds on things above. Here's our problem. You've got this contrast here and in a lot of places in Scripture. What's above and what's below. Wisdom from below. Wisdom from above. What we are seeking is above. The eternity and the new life, new body, the forever is above. It's above this. And that means more than I think we could ever even process or understand, but we'll experience it someday. All we really need comes from above. Did you know that? Huh? Come on. Yeah. All we really need comes from above because Paul reminds us, hey, my citizenship is, I might be living in this world, but I'm a stranger and a pilgrim. My real citizenship is where? Listen to this. He says, Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So you can say what you want to say about all of us. We are citizens bona fide. That's in the Greek. You have to go there. Bona fide citizens of heaven. That's my home. I've already got a home. I'm traveling there. I'm not there yet. Now, guess what? I, man, kind of this retirement thing is becoming something that a guy my age begins to think about a little bit. And if you got a retirement account, bad things are happening to it right now. <clears throat> so goes the stock market. Woo! It's bad. But I ain't worried so much about that because my real treasures. My real investment, the stock market can't touch. The bad decisions in our economy, that's all I'm going to say about that, can't touch. Thieves can't steal it. Moths can't corrupt it. Because Jesus reminds us in Matthew 6, 20 and 21, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, up above, right? Where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. But I want you to know something, he says, verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, he's not saying you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Because, because your focus is there, you're going to be super more effective here. You're not going to be some religious weirdo. You're going to be plugged in, tuned in, and there's going to be fruit coming out of your life. Because of the perspective. This is about perspective, right? It's about perspective. We're not just honed in on what's here below and the here and the now. We're seeing a bigger perspective. Our incredible Boyer family that just got back with the team from Ecuador. Make sure I don't say wrong country. <laughs> it did something to your perspective of getting out of this box here called Wright County and Hartville and Missouri and even the United States. And, and being exposed to everybody hasn't got the same thing we've got. And what God is doing is bigger than what we can really sometimes understand. All right, perspective. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. All right. Hey, we're not done yet because he says not only that, but our affection and our attention, our heart is there. Paul says in Colossians 3, 1, if you have been raised with Christ, talking about you've been saved. This is the thing about baptism. You identify with his death. You identify with his resurrection. You've been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are where? Above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind. On things that are where? 
above, not on things on the earth. That's what James is trying to tell us as well. Amen. On Christ. He's talking about setting your mind on Christ because Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God. How about a verse on that? 1 Corinthians 1.24. But to those who are called, he's talking about Jesus, both the Jews and Greeks. Doesn't matter where you come from. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. You're not going to have power or wisdom that's real without Jesus Christ. Amen. And without the word of God. Because he reminds us. Paul told Timothy, young Timothy, to remember this. 2 Timothy 3.15. That how from childhood, he said, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. The Greek word is graphe. Also translated scriptures. The holy writings. Talking about the, all the Bible they had at that time. That from a child, you've been acquainted with the word of God. The scriptures, which are able to make you what? Ding, ding, ding. There's our word. Wise. Wise for salvation. It's, without the word of God, you don't even have wisdom enough to be saved. It's the word of God that's necessary to make you wise for salvation through faith. Through faith. Not works, but faith in Jesus Christ. No one else. Word of God. Without the word of God, no wisdom. Okay, so we contrasted their origins, we contrasted their operations. In verse 13, he talks about, if you say you have wisdom, show it by good conduct, but, verse 14, look at it, if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your heart, don't be boasting and be lying or be false to the truth, because you don't really have wisdom if you're saying all that. So our wisdom is shown in our practice. We prove it by the way we live. That's what he's going to get into here. And, you know, this is especially true. Can I throw something in there? How we live when no one else is around. Not so much just in public. This really applies at the home. Home level. The evidences of false wisdom, bitter jealousy. Now, the word for jealousy, sometimes translated envy, is strangely enough a Greek word that, depending on context, how it's translated. It's a word that could also is translated as zeal. It has to do with a burning inside of you. So here's the thing. You can be burning and on fire for something good and holy and pure, or you can be burning with passion and fire on the inside for something selfish and bad. What are you feeding your fire? Do you even have a fire? I don't know. Anyway. But that's what that word's about. You've got this burning desire, and it's all selfish. And so it's translated envy or jealousy there. He says it's bitter. It's the same word was translated like bitter fountains and talking about bad stuff coming out of your mouth. It's bitter. It's cutting. It's sharp. It's nasty. And also selfish ambition. Sometimes this is translated strife. And this actually comes from a single Greek word from the original text of the Bible. And it literally means to promote self. To desire to deprive others of what they have because you want it yourself. Work, you even work others to meet your own ends. So what are we seeking for our lives? You know, it could be that what I want for me may not bring glory to God. Some people can never relax or always want more for themselves. That's what this word's about. And then he says, don't be boasting. Well, then that means boasting's part of it. That means you're glorifying yourself and probably stomping down on others. And then lying is part of it. This is, don't, don't be false to the truth because evidently they were being that. So that's part of the worldly wisdom. We're always lying to try to cover up ourselves. Try to promote ourselves by deceiving others. Now, lying is all about deceiving others so you gain an advantage over them. 
It's, it's, it's deceiving others to gain an advantage over them. That's what that's talking about. They were probably boasting and lying about having wisdom, it sounds like. Anyway, verse 16 says this leads to all kinds of what he says. Where jealousy, follow me now, and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Well, the evidence of spiritual wisdom. And we just got time to mention these. There's meekness. Meekness, that's meekness, not weakness. Meekness is a word that oftentimes was applied to like a stallion that had been tamed, power under control. Purity, God's wisdom leads to a pure or holy life, living the way he says. Peace, well, we could all use some of that, but it's peace that's real. It comes from God uh, that characterizes our life. This is fruit. Do you see a lot of the fruits of the Spirit coming out here too? Okay, so the wise are the ones who are walking in the Spirit, got the fruit of the Spirit, all that goes together. Gentleness, and that has to do with being able to get along with others without compromising truth. You are able to yield. You don't always have to have your way. You don't have to be in control of everything. Open to reason is kind of tough, and I didn't even, I forgot to put it up there, but it, it has to do with being easily approachable, easy to live with, people you can, you can talk to. Mercy, being full of mercy, controlled by mercy, forgiving others when they don't deserve it. Forgiveness always goes to people who don't deserve it. Good works. That's what glorifies God. It's the fruit, the good fruit that glorifies him coming out of our life. He goes on to say being impartial. He's already talked about partiality in the first part of chapter 2. And, 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 and wisdom from above doesn't do that stuff. They realize everybody is equally valued before God. And sincere. That means, guess what, without hypocrisy. So probably we're thinking, I've got some room for wisdom to do some work through my life. Amen? And then the contrast in outcomes. We see that contrast in here. They, man, we got so much here. Worldly wisdom produces trouble, confusion. See that? Instability, all kinds of evil things. He just says every evil practice. Heavenly wisdom, blessings, righteousness, by that life characterized the way he said, sown in peace by those who make peace. There's a peacefulness. They're peacemakers, not swizzle sticks, not stirring up trouble. They're always trying to solve, not stir. So how do we cultivate this? You ready to bring it home? So we'll bring it home and we'll take it home. Cultivation of wisdom. First of all, start where he says start. Fear God. It means you got to take him seriously. You got to take what he says seriously. You got to live in reverence and awe. Stop mixing the world's philosophy with God's truth. They don't mix God's truth. You're making a decision. You find out what has he revealed already in the word of God that I can apply to my life and actually obey, obey and live. And then you go from there. You don't consult the word of God and then look at your horoscope. No, 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 no. That's from below. This is from above. Fear God. Abide in Christ. So you've got to stay with him. You've got to stay connected to him. Walking with him by faith. Guess what else you can do? You've got all this stuff in line. In your willing heart. Ask him. Don't you remember? He's already touched on this. 
I pray this every single day, multiple times a day. Go back to chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. It will be given. But will you receive it? I think a a lot of times I've prayed for wisdom, but I might not have received the wisdom he gave. And then, as we see here, James says, you've got to show it. You've got to actually apply it to your life. So let's give it to God right now. Amen? Amen. Will you stand with me and let's